27 years in public life. Jack, I, I knew you had 15 in politics, and you had 12 before that in the hospital board. What turned you toward public service? I played ball, you're right. We, we, as a matter of fact, we had a good ball team. I think we won the Ontario Championship in 1957. And uh, a lot of the fellows that played on that team are still around. Some have moved away. My business, I guess, then came first. And I, I got, my dad became uh, unable to continue. He, uh, I took the business over, I think, when I was about 29, full-time. This is a grocery store. We had our, our food market. We, had, uh, we sold livestock feeds. And at that time, we were also the distributors for flour in the city of North Bay. We had the distributorship for Purity Flour and Monarch Cake Mixes. And we would supply, well, Dominion Store in those days when they were still here, A&P, Loblaws, all those stores, National Grocers, Gamble Robinson. We were the distributors. We would bring in uh, straight car loads or, or uh, truckloads of flour and cake mixes and distribute them to those companies. So that was part of our business that was uh, beyond uh, the food part of it. So we did all those things, and uh, that kept me pretty busy for a while. But uh, as I became... Uh, I got ahead a little bit and got this business rolling. I thought there must I'd like to be involved in, in the community as well. And, uh, you know, you come back to that corny cliche because you want to put something back into the yeah. city, but it's true. You, you do want to put something back in. So I, was, uh, I served on a few th small things, and uh, I joined the Rotary Club and in 1970, and I was president in 1977. But uh, the... Uh, at that time, John, I forgot his last name, was the CEO of the Civic Hospital, and he was in Rotary, and he said, would you uh, consider sitting on the hospital board? Because he said he wanted some people who were, uh, had a little bit of a business background and mm -hmm. so on, and I thought, sure, this, this might be something I'd really enjoy. So he uh, said, uh, fine, so he said, you send your name in, and I did, and uh, I was accepted. So I began sitting on the hospital board. And that was during the time when we had two runs at a, a new hospital, and, and I we, we looked at, uh, we did have a deal with the, the provincial government. It was, it was a conservative government of the day. And uh, we have, I have a letter from the Minister of Health of the day saying, here's the, here's the, uh, the financial arrangements, we'll do this. You will, as a matter of fact, when the smoke cleared, North Bay had a real good deal. It wasn't going to cost us anything. Uh, the, the, I think the cost of the hospital in those days was around $56 million. The government was going to fund uh, most of it, and uh, any share that the city had, uh, we could take the, the operating savings, in other words, consider taking the two hospitals, putting them mm -hmm. together in one, operational savings, taking that and using that as our capital to pay for our share of the hospital. So, uh, and mind you, we hadn't, we hadn't identified savings. That was one thing that had to be done. But the formula was there. And had there be savings, we would, the city wouldn't have paid anything. So that uh, was Mr. Grossman. We got the letter from him. Uh, then it wasn't so long after that there was an election called. Uh, that government was uh, turned out, and the next government uh, put this under review. And uh, so we looked at that for a while. We had a new Minister of Health come up and look at it, and we discussed it and so on. And we could see that the, we, were, we were getting some slippage. The, the interest really wasn't there. Mm -hmm. uh, the government changed again, and it was completely gone. It just fell right off the, off the table. So... Uh, I still have the letter from Mr. Grossman. <laughs> that, that must have been a great disappointment. To, oh, to it was. You. Yeah, it was a great you disappointment. Were the, you were the chair at the time. I was. Uh, I'm not sure whether I was chair at that uh, that one or not. But you know, at that time, St. Joe's and, and the Civic worked very well together, and we had a lot of people. Howie Bondet was on our board, uh, who worked very hard. Uh, the, on the other side, John Hobbs. 
uh, and the, the CEOs, Tony Vines on our side and Sister Margaret Smith on the St. Joe's side, really worked well together. And going back over that time, I think North Bay was the only city that I knew of that had a, a, a joint board. And they had one, one board that ran two hospitals. Mm -hmm. That came about through the auspices and, and good office of uh, Sister Margaret Smith, because if you'll recall, in those days there was a lot of discussion about uh, the differences in philosophy between St. Yes. Joe's and the Civic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the issue of abortion mm -hmm. was very high. And uh, through Sister Margaret Smith, uh, she was the person that suggested that the St. Joe's uh, organization, Mother House, uh, back away from the hospital, turn their hospital over to a lay board. The city would follow suit, do the same thing. The Civic would became a, under a lay board. And that one lay board ran the two hospitals from that day on. And that was one of the reasons I think we were able to progress and we also had a joint medical staff, which was good as well. Mm -hmm. Some some cities have a medical staff in one hospital, another in another. You're sort of ahead of the time. Weren't you? We were, yeah. sure we were. And uh, so North Bay really led the way. And uh, so those those political problems or irritants, which might have been, were were taken away early on, so that when the new hospital began to be discussed, we were able to work as You're one unit on the same and, and page. Exactly. Politics, though, in 1988. Uh, yes, I'd been, on the, I'd been on the civic uh, board for that length of time. Uh, I, had, I was on the Y board for a while during a fundraising uh, uh, exercise that they did. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> doing much after the civic board. Friends of mine came and said, uh, did you ever think of running for council? And quite frankly, at, at that time I hadn't. I'd never even thought about it. Uh, but uh, I got thinking about it and uh, began to watch a bit of council and see, uh, to keep an eye on what was happening. And, I thought that might be a very exciting thing to try. I was still in the business, of course, and running that. I had a good staff. Uh, it meant that I could spend a little time doing things that uh, outside the business. And I got some people together and said, well, would you, would you give me a hand? And sure, they, they would. So I think at that first, uh, first campaign, I think I spent $1,200 on signs and advertising and so on. And I was elected. You so the, the polls. Yes, I did. And it was uh, so. It was quite a. It was. It was an amazing thing for me. I couldn't understand how you could not just go from nothing to head the polls. And so anyway, that was great. I enjoyed those three years. <clears throat> I was chair of general government. I was the deputy mayor, and I enjoyed it very much. And so uh, friends of mine said, "Well, what do you think about running for mayor?" And I said, "No, I don't think so." And I talked to some people in city hall and some people who had been around for a while. And they said, no, I think, you know, you really need a couple of terms in council before you really know the people don't realize. It's not just in the, in the building, but it's the relationships you have with other cities, the relationships you have with levels of government, all the different things that are part of being a mayor. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> their suggestion was that I, I leave it for another term and maybe look at it after the second term, which I did. And I ran for mayor. And I was uh, very fortunate in getting a lot of people... Um, it was so apolitical that it was such a, a cross-section of political people. Uh, we, we had liberals, we had conservatives, we had NDP, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> from the beginning, I didn't want to have a, a, a political flavor to my office. I, I, I knew that if I came to the office and we had a liberal in, in the, as an MPP and we had a conservative as an MPP, you can't be in one camp or the other because you just shut half the city off. 
So that's the way it worked out. We had everybody worked on it and did well, and I was elected mayor. So, and then the second term, of course, I was acclaimed, and the third term we had uh, uh, Tom Graham and uh, Brian Stevens uh, ran against me, and uh, so I was reelected. So. That's 15 years where you, you basically topped the polls for yep. five elections. Mm -hmm. have, you any, have you ever figured out why Jack Burroughs no. has been so popular with the people of North Bay? I think I, I probably, because I lived here all my life, I was born in North Bay, I had a lot of friends. I was involved in a lot of things, sports and, and all organizations, uh, a little bit through my church. Uh, um, you know, so I think everywhere you go, you... You make connections and friends, mm -hmm. and you get a, a fairly broad constituency. You're not just in yep, one yep, area yep. where you might have friends in one sector of the city and nothing else anywhere else. So I had a kind of a broad, through the business, people coming in the store all the time. I saw a lot of people there, and uh, as I said, I've mixed up in sports, and I enjoyed going to games. And So I think that was certainly helping What did you expect when you, when you <clears throat> ran in 1988? What did you expect? You know, one of the funniest things, I'm looking back on that time, in 1988, and Morley Data was the CEO. Morley since has gone. Uh, Morley and I, the, I think a few days after I was inaugurated and became the mayor, officially, first one of the things he asked me, he said, where do you want the budget to be? He said, do you want a zero budget? He said, do you want to knock the budget down? Do you want to add to the budget? What, what do you plan? I said, Morley, first of all, I have to know what a zero budget means for the city. Mm -hmm. Does it mean cutting services? Does it mean doing things like that? He said, I think the way the finances are in the city right now, and this is back 15 years ago, we can bring in a zero budget, he said, and still maintain pretty well what we're doing. And of course, during the campaign that I worked on, I'd said to them, I'm going to be fiscally responsible. I want to make sure that the taxpayers don't have any increases in taxes. Hey, was this when you were running for mayor? Or for this was for the first one. This was for the first time, and I was elected deputy okay. mayor and okay. chair of general government. So okay. I was in charge of the budget. Okay. And so that was a conversation we had, and it was, it was a good one because he pointed out things where the city was, uh, what obligations we had, uh, what things that should be done that year, and still thought that uh, with the revenues coming in at that time, we were okay. We could do a zero budget. I said, well, let's do the zero budget. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think we ran a zero budget for about five or six years yeah. then. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah. Peter, Looking back, I eh? don't think that was good. And, and I know that Morty's advice was, was uh, he, he thought he was, he was giving good advice. And at that time, I think everybody, every community, every city across the country was trying to come in as a flat budget. It was, mm -hmm. it was the thing that they were people Absolutely. wanting. And we felt that we had to do that. Uh, a one percent, a one and a half percent over those years uh, would have been much better because at the end of that time, that period of time, five or six years, inflation had gone on. And inflation was higher then than it is now. Mm -hmm. And we found that all the things we were paying for uh, was uh, more expensive. And the things that we had to buy, the things, the, the wage agreements we had with our, our units, got away on us and we had to come in start coming in at fairly significant increases and you know we didn't have to do that if we didn't that little so you know if a fella had uh, hind vision and, and uh, you look back in those days and say to yourself maybe a one percent increase which would have put a work of you know six or seven hundred thousand dollars into our budget which we could have kept up with and then you wouldn't have had that dramatic catch-up yeah. that you had you were faced with at the mm -hmm. end of the time but uh, that was it, and the council, of course, uh, I wasn't, wasn't the only person. Everybody agreed that the 
uh, zero increase was uh, was what we wanted to do, and uh, and uh, everybody bought in, and and of course people in town were very pleased with that, and yeah. Uh, yeah. so. When you became mayor, what did you expect to do as mayor? First of all, I think my most uh, important uh, part of, of being mayor was was promoting the city uh, from the standpoint of economic development. Uh, I think that uh, the city was going along uh, pretty decently. Uh, Stan was my predecessor, and Stan had done a good job. I felt that there should be more emphasis put on economic development, and I think at that time we changed the makeup of the Economic Development Commission. Yes, we did. City Hall was uh, pointing through the striking committee members on the Economic Development Commission, trying to find people who would come on, who were business-oriented, who had uh, interests that could help. We, we got away from that and, and formed the Economic Development Commission and allowed them to go out in the community and find the people they wanted. In other words, if they wanted representation from the mining sector or the forestry sector or whatever, that's what they did. And that formula, I think, was a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. they, they've got a good group of people that are now representing you know, the whole city. And it acted more uh, at arm's length. Uh, we funded it. I think uh, we were putting four or five hundred thousand dollars into it mm -hmm. uh, as a as a contribution from the city. Uh, but the, the the group themselves ran their own affairs. They had their own staff that uh, that uh, answered to them, and uh, I think they did a good job. So they've had some good people, real good people there from the community who are really good business people and contribute a lot to that. I think that formula was a good one. I think we've had some successes mm -hmm. because it was through that that we were able to develop the call center industry, uh, some of the things through electronics and telecommunications that we have today that replaced the loss of the base, if you'll recall, when we lost those 1,200 people mm -hmm. out of the base. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was a good move. But that was my, uh, that was my wish that uh, more business would come to the city, more jobs. And from that added revenue and that uh, more people in your city, you can do more things. Was being mayor what you thought it would be? I, I, it certainly wasn't what I thought. I didn't have any idea what it would be like being mayor. Um, I was, uh, was elected mayor. I, I was still in business. And uh, I thought maybe I'd drop in a few hours a day. And uh, that wasn't, uh, you couldn't do that. Not, not being mayor of the city this size. You had to be there. You had to be there. But as more and more people, uh, more and more business came to town and more activity, I was finding myself more appointments and I'd have five or six appointments during a day, plus going out to things in the evening. And the things in the evening were important because sometimes you were invited to things, not big things, not huge gatherings of two or three hundred people, but small things, yes. maybe small organizations mm -hmm. who really appreciated you coming. And uh, we, we we did that. We went to the smaller things when we could, and I don't know you did it actually. Well, it was it was, and you know you'd, you'd get there and you'd say it's great because these people really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come and be part of their evening, or, and I think that's part of part of the job. Harris government elected after you'd been mayor about a year, um, which <coughs> resulted in all sorts of turmoil and downloading and so on and so forth. What was your relationship with Her Mike Harris before he? I didn't know Mike that well. My, I knew Mike uh, very, very uh, casually. Uh, he was uh, ran here for the uh, school board. Mm -hmm. That was his first entry into politics. Ran for the uh, uh, for the nomination here and got it. I, I recall those uh, there were things in the paper and that Mike was going to be into uh, provincial politics. 
but you know there wasn't much connection at that time, certainly not between the school board and the council, and we, we really didn't uh, do much together. Uh, I guess we knew each other, we were there, but we never had any sort of uh, business relationship or, or doing things that, uh, on an ongoing basis. Did it, did the relationship change while he became premier? I think he uh, once he became um, the member for for Nipissing, of course. Then we would uh, set up meetings. Uh, I would sit down. With, he would come over to the city hall to on special occasions, and sometimes we would have an opportunity to sit down and talk about things. During the times that he was uh, the uh, in in the opposition, uh, that was a little more frequent. Uh, mm -hmm. When he became premier, uh, then his time was pretty well spent in Toronto. And uh, he'd get home on weekends, but uh, the times were a uh, little less at that time. We could we could talk to each other on the telephone, but we didn't spend as much. Was it cordial? <clears throat> Always cordial. Yeah, Mike and I got along fine together. He, uh, uh, I think, his preoccupation with being premier of Ontario uh, took away some of the obviously the concentration he had on Nipissing. Yes. Yes. But always was wanting to know how things were going and uh, how things were doing in Nipissing. And uh, your first, the first term as, as mayor, it, it was actually in many cases it was horrendous. You had the downloading. We mm -hmm. got a new CAO. Uh, we had a, a basically a new system. Mm -hmm. um, and then along came the rail land. Mm -hmm. uh, why did you want to buy the rail land? Is it tied in the fact that your family's been here since? Well, I guess so, Peter. But I, you know, the, we always North Bay has always been a, a kind of a, a city that's associated with Lake Nipissing, North Bay on the shores of beautiful Lake Nipissing. And uh, you go down to the lake, and uh, many, many nights we'd fish out there with kids, and we'd go out in a boat, and we, of course the chief and all the things, and everything was. That was seems to be the draw, the anchor of the city was the Lake Nipissing, and uh, when the rail, the waterfront was done. And when the, you know, and Don King was heavily involved in that, and a lot of other people, and we were able to get the ballast out of the rock, uh, out of the hole, and build the waterfront, and do all the slips and so on. That was just, I think, the first sign to me to say, hey, this could be marvelous down here if this thing was really finished off and moved up into the city. And, and of course, every time you look towards the city from the waterfront, you see yard engines and mm -hmm. shunting and making up trains and a lot of going back and forth. Uh, but the thing had changed a lot in the old days when, uh, the, when, the, when the CPR was a huge employer in the city, right? I think there was something like 12, 1,500 men coming out of the roundhouse. That was a big thing for North Bay. You would no more consider doing anything at that time flying through the roof because that was our main uh, you know, economic engine. But that changed when the diesels come through, and of course, all of a sudden, North Bay became less important. It wasn't a stop through anymore. The diesels went right through from coast to coast. They didn't stop in North Bay. They didn't have the yards here. They didn't have a lot of the work to do. So the employment dropped, I think, down to about 100 and some in the yard. Mm -hmm. So then you say to yourself, well, is that the type of thing that you should dedicate a yard like that to only that few, and I'm not saying that wasn't a lot of jobs, it was important. Right. But you've got 30 acres of land there supporting 100 jobs, which is, and the choicest land in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So we drove along we, and we saw all these box cars. And what they were doing, they were, they were filling up box cars full of wood products, sending them over to North Bay, putting them in our yard, and it's been sitting there like an inventory shack for 
months those cars would sit there. And then, and again, you say to yourself, well, what is, why would you use that precious land? Those things could be stuck out in some siding anywhere. So more and more you're thinking about this thing and how important it was that those lands be changed and, and taken over by the city and developed. So finally the day came when I was, uh, I wanted to get really onto this, so I said, well, we're going to go to Calgary and see the people in CPR. They had moved from Montreal to Calgary, their head office. Head office, okay. Uh, we went out to Calgary, and they have what they call a bullpit out there in, in their office. It's, it's just where they sit around and they talk about all these things. And they put us in this bullpit, and they had about four or five CPR. There's some vice presidents, some pretty big uh, wheels out there. At that meeting, I didn't really think we were getting anywhere. And these guys said, look, this is a working yard. It's an important yeah, yard to us. Yeah. We build up our trains here. Uh, it's, North Bay is one of our important points. Uh, why would we even consider selling this property? We own it. We paid for it. We're paid. Anyway, we, at least we broke the ice that day. Mm -hmm. And then some people come up from Toronto from their, uh, from their real estate office, talked to uh, some of our staff, and the, the dialogue began, talking back and forth. So finally we got to the point where we thought, well, let's, let's see what they'll do. So we said to them, get out of the rail lands altogether, move completely, and run through the city on the CNR track. Yes, I remember that. And uh, then that would free that whole area up for us and we'd be able to do something. So anyway, they, they didn't say no, but they went away and come back after a while and uh, somebody said, well, we have, the, uh, we have the stuff back from CPR and this uh, proposal. Do you want to see it? I said, well, sure. They wanted $60 million yeah, I remember that figure. to change over, to move out and run through the CNR line. They said, they said they had to rebuild the trestle on the west end of the city, the old wooden trestle. Uh, all that line through the city had to be reballasted. It was just uh, wouldn't handle the trains, and the, they were afraid of the political fallout with big trains running through the heart of the city again. So there's all sorts of reasons. So we looked at the $60 million price tag. Of course, that was the end of that. And we knew that they just didn't want to do it. So we said, well, all right, what will you do? So then they came back to us with the new alignment that we're looking at today. So that was, that was where that came from and how we started looking at that particular piece of land that could be used.